Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Kevin Collins. Kevin is president of Diversified. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I look forward to the conversation. Yeah, I've been looking forward to chatting with you. First of all, uh, can you tell our listeners, before we jump into your story, tell us a little bit about Diversified, uh, what you do as a company? Well, I've been with Diversified uh, for about 30 years as a startup. So I was, uh, I was employee number eight. And uh, over the years, we've evolved into something I never could have expected. But today, we're part of uh, a global service organization where we have a team of subject matter experts as it relates to applying media technology solutions for Fortune 1000 companies, uh, universities, uh, media companies all around the world uh, in the terms of supplying technical solutions for education, training, broadcasting, electronic security, over-the-top streaming uh, to a wide array of clients. Now, as it is today, we, we've grown to 2,500 employees and we're in 14 countries. So it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, I can't wait to ask you more about that. I think... Um... I'm always fascinated to know what insights you would have from being there, being part of day one, like you said, you know, really being there as employee number eight, helping to build it from, from you know, a small beginnings into what it looks like today. Um, first, let's jump into your story. And I want to start at the beginning for you and, and looking back to your childhood, what were some of the moments or themes from that season of your life, Kevin, that really shaped you into the person and the leader you are today? And I think about this a lot. I, I, looking back, I, I have to credit my parents. They were a great example for me, you know. And as I'm older, I realize the things I picked up from each of them, habits and, and the positive things that I picked up from each of them. But uh, they were very supportive and empathetic with a healthy balance of accountability for your actions and your responsibilities that you were obliged to fulfill. So... I think of them all the time that that's, uh, that's kind of the way I try to live my life. And it's the way I, I try to encourage the teams around me is to have sort of, uh, an empathetic mentor kind of role as a leader, but also accountable and, and, and hold ourselves to, to the challenges we've, we've laid out. Yeah, that's so good. I, I want to get you to think back and, as you think of your parents, are there any stories that pop into your head that that reflect what you just mentioned in terms of the the balance they they had, uh, you know, around empathy? Any stories? <laughs> um, I know it's been a while, so I, but I love asking people about this. Can exactly. you think back yeah. and, and okay. remember anything about your parents where you think, yeah, that's right, that probably summed up a well, little bit I mean, of what, yeah. what they were like. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, I do remember one time as a, as a young boy, I was probably 10, and I went into work with my father. And uh, he worked at the City University of New York, and uh, he was part of a startup for a college called John Jay College. And on the day I happened to be there, he was working with their marketing group, and they were trying to come up with a new logo for the university. And it was um, kind of the way he interacted with the team, how he was really encouraging them for the creativity they had done, but also reminded them of the parameters that had been given around the logo and how they really hadn't followed them to the letter of the law. So I, ju I just felt like I, I saw him kind of holding accountability, but uh, being encouraging at the same time. So uh, I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but I do remember that as an incident that always stuck with me. Yeah. Now that's really profound. Um, and obviously you've had a lot of time now in between, um, you know, to experience that yourself. What, what have you learned about how to do that? How do you, how do you, it sounds like he had that real ability to care for people, as Kim Scott puts it, I love the book Radical Candor, and it's all about the mix, how we need to be high care, really care for our people and high challenge, but also really challenge our people. What, what have you learned about how to do that in your leadership, Kevin? Yeah, I love that term um, about the candor. I Because I, I, I use that all the time. Uh, you know, where I say something... In a, you know, I, what I like to think is an encouraging way, but I, but I say a fact for what it is. And the fact could be that you're missing the mark or you missed a deadline. Uh, but try to discuss why, you know, why that's an issue and, and how we can overcome it. So uh, that's sort of innate with me, I'd say. Yeah, and I guess it might have, like we're talking about watching your father. And so I, I sometimes I think, if those things are instilled in you at a young age or you see it modeled, then you get older and you think, how do I do that? But you, you, you know, that might've been part of how you've uh, picked that up is actually like you've mentioned, watching your dad do that. Let's keep going. I'm keen to know about, um, for you, Kevin, what was one of your first leadership opportunities where you really felt stretched or challenged? What comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, definitely with the organization I'm with now, obviously I've had a long tenure there, but uh, I probably started working you know, on or about 30 years old. So my jobs before that had responsibilities, but certainly not leadership. But as I joined Diversified as a startup, uh, you know, the, the nature of a startup is you wear many hats. And uh, uh, I started in sales and, uh, as I like to say, I was selling the dream. And uh, what we do is very project-based. And when I would sell a project, I would uh, not have a large staff to go around me to uh, delegate to. So. Um, in the early days, uh, you know, I really was the project manager, the finance person, the billing person. Uh, I really, you know, worked with uh, contractors and other people I'd bring in to help me uh, to make sure I provided the solution that, you know, I had articulated to the customer for the price that we, we agreed and that it was profitable. So, uh, you know, as I did that and as the company began to grow, 
uh, I ended up taking on leadership roles uh, outside of sales. I ended up being the chief operating officer for years. But I, again, going back to the sort of deep understanding of everybody's role, because as a startup, I had done all those roles. And then as we started to build process, I was really, I think, keen to understand what would help people do their jobs better. And, uh, and then going back to this, those other things we talked about earlier, like, uh, you know, empathetic leadership, trying to state some things that might be, uh, might come across as harsh, but bring them across in a sort of lighthearted way, like a little bit of a quip, uh, followed by encouragement. It's just a tool that worked for me. I have to say. Yeah, I was chatting about, um, I was chatting with a consultant the other day who, in my opinion, is really one of the best in the world with team offsites and, and, uh, and he does, you know, he is brought in globally by um, global teams at the highest level. And, and he was just chatting about how he, and he just said this in passing, but it really stuck with me. He said, you know, you're, when you, when you're really being intense, um, in the room. And I think it's the same for leaders, but as a facilitator or a consultant, when you, when you say really pushing people to, whether it's around vulnerability, whether it's around picking apart strategy and really questioning where an organization's going, when you're being really intense, you're saying, you know, always trying to find those moments in between to crack a joke or really keep it light so that you don't freak everyone out. And I thought, and I thought that's such, that's so true. Like I, I hadn't really thought about that as a, as a strategy, but it is, isn't it? It's, it's that mix of intensity and, and, um, but if you can learn how to mix that intensity with, with humor and with play, but authentically, and, and just to let people know, you know, you're not, you're not just, and, and just to help them to stay present. And, um, I think that's such a skill as a leader. No, I, I, I totally agree. You know, I always find it, it what it does is it, it makes it more human. It makes a connection. Um, you know, we're here for a purpose. It's a, it's, it's a job, not a vacation. But on the other hand, we should make work fun. We should make it personal. And, uh, you know, I found over the years when I think of successes and failures, you know, either in failure or success as a team, there's such camaraderie when you have that human connection and it's not just a leader employee type of connection. So uh, it's a way I prefer to be. It just makes me feel more comfortable with myself as much as anything else. Yeah, I agree. All right, that, that's true. Um, I, I really want to ask, I don't always get into the founding stories of, uh, of organizations, but it's, it's in the back of my mind. Um, can you set the scene a little bit more for us? Anything that's, um, you know, I don't know whether you've told this story a million times already, but I'd love to know a little bit more of, of how Diversified came to be and how Kevin, you know, how your role in that was, uh, you know, took place as well. Well, yeah, no, gosh, everybody's story is so deep and rich, but, but I'll keep it, I'll keep it crisp. Uh, I think that, uh, uh, I got into this industry that we're in, it's a, which is very niche. Uh, and it's, a and it's evolved a lot. I'd say today our company is a technology company and 20 years ago, we were more like a contractor, 
uh, we used to call it we call it system integration, where we bring together all these products into a working system. And uh, but I worked for a larger company than the one that I joined and did my career with. And the owner of that business was inspiring to me because I knew he had a small operation, but he just had an amazing way with customers, and he was winning projects of note that on some level I would say you don't you really shouldn't be winning these because you're not built to build them but he was getting them done and I said you know what I want to I want to get to know this person better I got to know him became one of his first people to join I was the first person to join his business that sold besides himself so it was a solo him selling and and then I joined um, and I would say that over the years we were never incredibly ambitious. I mean, we ended up building a almost a billion dollar company with 2,500 employees and across a bunch of countries. But every step along the way, we're very much an engineering driven sales organization. So we're technology first. I used to always say to our employee, or, or I like to call them associates now, uh, is that we don't worry about what our competitors doing. We worry about our customers. And we worry about each other as a team and how we're going to be successful together. And if we do that, we're going to be successful. And as the years went by and different opportunities came and different strategic ideas that we had, we implemented, some failed and some succeeded, but more succeeded than failed. And, uh, you know, looking back over it, each step along the way, each, you know, pivot moment, where we drove the business forward in some substantial way seemed very achievable at the moment. And I remember saying to myself many times over the years, well, why couldn't we do this? Or, you know, we are good enough to do this. Uh, you know, uh, so it's just, it's like swimming away from the shore and you look back and all of a sudden you're really far from the beach. Uh, but, but there was no maniacal plan of world, world domination. I can tell you that. It's, it's very incremental. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I want to ask you if you think of Kevin now and if you think back to Kevin when there were eight of you, obviously who you are is is the same in terms of, um, uh, you know, you're the same person, but I can imagine what you're, what you're doing now and how you do it is probably very different to what you were doing back then when there were eight, oh, yeah. eight of you. What, what, what have been the biggest changes? What have been the biggest challenges for you as you've grown and as the organization's grown and, and what, what do you feel like is the sweet spot where uh, you think oh yeah that's something now that i wouldn't have been able to do back then but i've learned how to do oh yeah no, that's a great question so many layers to that question i i would say i guess one overriding comment i would make is that part of what's kept me in the same job for so long has been the fact that about every two or three years, my job is completely different. And that means that the organization's gotten larger. Um, the amount of lines of business that we offer has either expanded to new lines of business or has changed. Our core business has changed due to a technological revolution or, or something like that. So I think that's kept me really interested. I do like to be challenged and uh, you know, uh, and challenging is not just help the work being hard, but, but new, new methods, new ways of thinking. So, so I think that overarching 
you know, affinity I have for that has served me very well. I think that I'm much more confident now than I was then. I'm a much better public speaker than I was, you know, 25 years ago, for sure. Uh, I think I know who I am. I think I know who we are as a business. Uh, I can inspire confidence in a customer that, uh, you know, we know what we're talking about and we can get this done. Uh, what, what built all that was a lot of tears and pain over many years, though, I would have to say, right? You know, uh, part of the reason I'm confident is because I've had really big failures and I've had really big successes and I've found an even keel in the middle where, uh, you know, I make a joke with my staff all the time. Uh, you got to look inward for approval, got to know who you are and drive your business forward. So, um, so I think I've developed a lot of those skills over time. And the other thing I, I, I know what I don't know. And I try to surround myself with people I think are smarter than I am and can do things I can't do. I think I'm very good at identifying talent. I'm very good at figuring out what makes them happy and providing a job and a work environment that makes them want to stay. Um, so those are, those are a few broad comments I would make about how I've changed over time and, mm. you know, uh, what the journey's done. That's a real superpower in today's, you know, great resignation, um, which is, and I think, I think you, the way you expressed it is, is really how simple it is. It's finding and identifying the talent in people and then, and then knowing and being a step ahead in terms of providing a space and an opportunity for them where they will love it. I think we can get caught up in so many of the details, but if you can do that, if you can spot talent and really see the potential in people that maybe other people don't see sometimes, and then if you can think outside the box and actually go above and beyond, um, I think people, I think employees or associates, as, as you said, I think people can be more easily surprised than we, than we give credit for. I think, I think it's actually like, it seems like a real uphill battle if you have a culture where you're losing a lot of people, but I think to create a culture where you really look after people and, uh, you know, and, and I guess surpass their expectations is often little things rather than big wholesale changes. So true. It is just being thoughtful, right? Uh, some of them are personal, you know, knowing about their family life, knowing what they like to do outside of work and having camaraderie on that. Uh, it could be just knowing the, the you know, the, the work environment. I mean, we talk now about uh, flexible working and I, I've been allowing and doing flexible working with my team for, for decades, really. So, you know, it's all about accountability. If you and your role as an associate have a deliverable, you know, as long as I'm comfortable and we're comfortable that things are being done and deadlines are being met, um, you know, I've always believed in giving people a little freedom. And I guess I've been blessed too, because, you know, what we do is very uh, technical and, uh, you know, so I hire a lot of engineers and we do the coolest projects in the world. And, you know, it's knowing that that gets them excited. It's helping them 
see what's coming, I'm like, look, we're going to go after this project. You could be working on this for the next two years. Um, you know, I've, I've often said about employees, if you make it all about how much money you pay them, I think you've lost. It has to be, they have to be paid fairly, but the truth is they have to want to come to work. They have to care. There has to be a family element to it. A familial, as I always say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. We all work too hard not to have that, right? You know, so that's how I feel. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I love your, uh, your approach. Uh, I want to ask you about mentors you've had along the way. I know there would be a lot in, um, in your career so far, a lot of people who've had a significant positive influence on you, but can you pick a couple and tell us about a couple of people who, who come to mind, who've been a really positive influence on your leadership? Well, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't not start with my father, but I already talked a little, little bit about him and, and how, you know, the, the example he set for me, but, but I, I think uh, the founder of our business, you know, my partner, uh, Fred D'Alessandro, who founded Diversified, absolutely is a mentor leader. Uh, you know, I think over the years, what Fred taught me was how to be a good listener. Um, I have a mind that goes very quickly. And I have a terrible habit of when people are speaking, I feel like I know what they're going to say. So I jump ahead to the end and don't allow them the space to say what they say, even if it turns out that what they're about to say is what I thought they were going to say. So he, he coached me a lot over the years to, you know, be a good listener, allow people the air to breathe, to say what they have to say. Uh, it's, it's good respect. And that is a, uh, that was a shortcoming of mine that I had to work hard to overcome. And he, he, he was very good at, at, at pointing that out. Um, he was also an amazing soundboard when we talked about strategy, how to grow the business, um, you know, out of a million ideas, we probably only did 30 of them, but he was very patient with the uh, staccato of ideas that I would kick around. But <laughs> together, I think we were very good at, picking the ones we thought would be winners. Uh, I want to um, go back to how he was able to help you in that uh, shortcoming around, you know, jumping in and not necessarily listening to, to people and, and even interrupting. How did he do that? Because that's that I love that. That's that radical candor, right? That's the, that's the, the relationships you want where people can call you on things. Can, can you think practically of how he was able to do that without just, completely offending you well i think i think you know what i mean i think we we had a lot of trust and that that started early um i also think that by my nature i i i'm i'm not high on ego right uh, so i can be i think i can take constructive criticism some of it i ignore because i think i don't maybe i don't respect the person or i don't agree but uh, in his case, it was literally several occasions over a couple of year period where after a meeting, he would just pull me aside and say, hey, you know what? I just, you know, just trying to coach you. But, you know, I feel like you <laughs> didn't do that person right there. You were a little offensive. A lot of times it was with employees, but if it was with customers, like I, I even had meetings where he would press his foot on mine under the table like, hey, let, let these people speak. <laughs> Because uh, I do get, I'm very passionate and I get excited. So sometimes I, yeah. <laughs> I get ahead of it. Now, 
I'm much better at it now, but I've been doing it a long time. No, I love that. I love what you said about trust. And um, yeah, I, I think that's a great example for, for listeners of how, you know, that's something that I, you know, we want to do with those who, who we're walking with as well is be that, uh, have that, build that trust and have that coachability that you obviously have. Um, so yeah, that's a great story. Thank you, Kevin. Um, I want to ask you about aha moments or leadership shifts. Can you think of any, any moments along the way that stand out for you that was a significant aha moment where something really, the penny dropped for you about a particular way or you made a mistake or, or you, you learned something and, and it just comes to your mind now? Yeah, no, well, it's funny. What we just talked about might have been a little bit of an aha moment. <laughs> like, don't do that. But, you know, I, I guess in broad strokes, I, I think, you know, deep down core things that I've learned is that uh, you can't do everything yourself. When I go back to the early days where you literally did do everything yourself, I think one of the uh, impediments to growth was uh, – not looking at the people around me and how I could empower and mentor them and build trust with them by by directional trust, right? They trust me, I trust them. Um, so I think that that's something I came to understand was the only way we were going to scale and grow. And actually, you'll hear a theme I go back to a lot. You know, work we work really hard and very passionately, and it's got to be in an environment of empathy and trust. It's really like. One of the reasons I was glad to be in a leadership role in the company is I could sort of set that culture in tone. So that's that's certainly one thing. Uh, you know, the other thing I'd say, aha moment, is I've always been passionate about my work, but failure has probably been my greatest resource of learning. Uh, you know, many failures feel bad at the moment they happen, but I always tried to not make excuses, but look at, you know, why we lost, uh, ask the client, you know, to give me feedback, uh, or, you know, maybe I see something in my team that I think was not, not positive to us winning, uh, you know, an opportunity. But, uh, when I look back on it, all of the greatest failures that we ever had were within a reasonable amount of time afterwards had some of our greatest successes. They're almost married together. And I think that that, Wow. That ability to step back and learn and soak it in and then apply it going forward is a, is a big aha for me. Yeah, well said. Um, let's jump into Leadership Express. I, I have a few questions for you, Kevin. The first question is about a book. Can you think of a book or you can share a couple if you like uh, that you've gifted a lot to other people or recommended a lot to other people? Yeah, I, I do do books. I, you know, I'm not a huge, uh, I got to read every self-help book in the world. Uh, I have found some of the ones I have read are have practices in them that over time we came to in our own natural way, which is interesting because it sort of validates what I'm reading. But also, I think, why didn't I read this book 10 years ago? I could have learned this sooner. But uh, uh, you know, I think the books I give to associates or people outside the company, you know, could be a, somebody have a relationship through business. Um, I have a couple that I've given a lot out of, and it really depends on where you're at in your career. 
and how I view you. So, so one book I've given out a lot and typically to people that are up and coming, have potential earlier in their careers is uh, seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good basic, how do you, how do you grow your skills? How do you sharpen your saw? How do you make win-win situations? So that's one. Uh, another one I've given out a fair amount um, is a book called Lincoln on Leadership. Uh, and it's about Abraham Lincoln and his leadership style. It's a short read. But that book follows a lot of the themes we've talked about today about my style is that, uh, you know, how do you get out of the way of others to grow? How do you build a team around you? You know, I've been very successful and stayed at the forefront of our business my whole career, but I've never worried about that or pushed people out of the way. I've tried to allow many people around me to do the same and it just served me well and it served them well. So, so if I see somebody that I think could use a little coaching on how to build teams around them, I'll give them that book, Lincoln on Leadership. And uh, the other book I give out a fair amount is called Good to Great. Is how a good company becomes great because I thought a lot of things I read in that book resonated with me. Yeah, oh, they're thoughts. great recommendations. I'll, I haven't read Lincoln on Leadership, so I'll have to check that one out. Uh, I, I love a book that looks at a, a person's kind of story and, and draws out some of the leadership lessons, so I'll definitely check that one out. And the other two are, are wonderful recommendations. Uh, what about uh, a favorite quote? Do you have any favorite quotes for life or leadership that – um, you know, for some reason you find yourself sharing a lot or, or uh, top of mind for you? Well, I'm, I, it's when people that work with me say I am the king of metaphors and quotes. So there's, there's probably more, more than I can mention, but uh, uh, one, one quote I, I, I do use a lot is uh, it's a Teddy Roosevelt quote. That's a, you know, and I'm paraphrasing it at the moment. I, I don't remember it verbatim, but it says, uh, if you come to me with a problem without offering a solution, a possible solution, you're just whining. So uh, uh, <laughs> let, that, let that sink in. Because <laughs> I have a lot of people that, yeah. <laughs> I so like that. that, that that's a favorite. That's a good one. Any others? Just so, the king of king of metaphors and quotes. I love that. Uh, you know, I, I to look inward for approval. You know, when people are are feeling, I don't know, dismissed or, or you know, over something that's you know slight and small. I'm like, you know, you need to look inward for approval. You know, I think that uh, you people sense that when you have that inner confidence, it's very attractive to people around you. I coach people around me that. Try to adopt that. Get to learn to love yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that does um, that does come off with. Uh, yeah, it's it's it is endearing when someone's secure enough in themselves, and and as um, uh, you know, uh, a wonderful um consultant Andrew Moore who works with Patrick Lencioni's Table Group, um, he he was saying that you know this idea of vulnerability in the five dysfunctions of a team by Lencioni, that's the base of the pyramid of a team is to be vulnerable, but you can't be vulnerable unless you have personal stability. And he said that, and I thought that's so true that exactly. if you're not, if you don't have that stability in yourself, if you're unstable or if you're insecure in yourself, it's very hard to be vulnerable. And it's, and for leaders, it's even exactly. harder to create an atmosphere 
of vulnerability because that psychological safety, you know, it, it all really does hinge on the personal stability of the leader. Like you think a really unstable leader having a really vulnerable atmosphere where people feel psychologically safe, they kind of don't go hand in hand. So I, I love that quote because it feels like you're sort of, you're sort of picking on that point of, um, hey, make sure you're stable in in yourself and secure in who you are. No, I love what you said there. Yeah, it's spot on. It really is spot on. You know, I, I, I've been called out many a time for wobbles and shortcomings, and uh, I think people are uh, always surprised how, how well I take it, so to speak, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, right last on. question. This has been so, uh, so good, but I'm just watching the clock. So I'll, I'll ask one more question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? Well, a lot of the things that we've talked about, I think, you, you know, you should look inward for approval, uh, be open to criticism and own it. But uh, not everybody's meant to be a leader. I always, I always say to people, you got to find what makes you happy. And uh, there's many roles. That I've had people that worked for me that have been in the same strata of the company their entire career, 25 years, and they're very happy, well-adjusted people. So uh, don't get caught up in the rat race. Yeah, well said. Uh, well, for those who've really enjoyed today, Kevin, how can people uh, find out more about Diversified and also connect with you online? Yeah, no, you can visit our website. It's uh, one diversified, the word one, O-N-E, diversified.com, and see what it is that we do and what, the company we built. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. So it'd be Kevin Collins, Diversified, and you'll find me. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Perfect. People can go there. Well, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Don't forget, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day podcast that you can go and check out if you want to continue to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Kevin, for your time uh, and being so generous uh, for sharing wonderful thank stories you. all the way back from, you know, about your dad, which I really enjoyed hearing about um yeah, that, that first seeing your dad handle that um, that meeting about the brand. Yeah, just wonderful, very rich stories. Uh, and most of all, it's it's been a real joy to spend time with you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. You have a great demeanor and you, you, you're, you're a good host, good questioner. Good job. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. 
I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself, and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it, and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you 
to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time. Bye.